Monday. I'm Drew Berkowitz. This is my show. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you stayed warm. That gum, it was cold here. Cold for here, I, I should say. Yeah. We're used to tropical weather, unbearable humidity. So temps in the 30 here is, is always a little bit different. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I like it, but but it was it was uh, it was chilly. And I know that's not cold. I know those temps aren't cold. I grew up in Minnesota. I know the difference between real cold and what we experienced here. But again, it's Florida, so it's different. Made sitting out back working, having a cigar a little bit more difficult in that kind of temperature. But it was a great weekend. Nonetheless, was thrilled about it. Tom, sure it's a lot colder where you are. It is, <laughs> but yeah, my my wife had enough of it. She hopped on a plane today and went back to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Screw this! I'm out of here. I get it. I get it. Uh, that's that's the thing, California, man. It's it is a broken ass state, but the weather and some of the scenery there is is outstanding. If they could just get the rest of it fixed, tons to get to today. New Hampshire primary is coming up tomorrow. We'll discuss it because it look it well. It, it doesn't look like it did take a big turn with Ron DeSantis dropping out over the weekend. We'll talk about that. I, by the way, on that, I've got some beef with conservatives on that front. We'll talk about it. Uh, just, just some, just a small portion. Joe Biden got confused and threatened Americans again, kind of his favorite pastime. Nikki Haley says that Trump and Biden are equally bad. Quite the statement. We've got some new footage as the title suggests uh, and angles that make the RNC pipe bomb situation look even worse for the deep state. If you can imagine that. At minimum, makes you want to ask a whole lot more questions, which we've all already been asking as it is. To, to just cut, cut to the chase, we're not going to get those answers. We're not going to get any more information. But we're going to talk about it still nonetheless. Let's get started. Let's get going with the news crews. So it wouldn't be a weekend... In America in 2024, if Joe Biden didn't get confused, struggle through some words, and then threaten Americans with our military might again, here was the scene. And I love people who say, the blood of liberty, or excuse me, the, excuse me, the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. Well, guess what, man? I didn't see a whole lot of patriots that are out there walking around making sure that we have these weapons. Well, and if you really want to worry about the government, you need an F-16. I love, I love how confused he was there, how all over the place. And then internally, you could just, you could, you could see him trying to say something. And it was like, God, uh, go back to the, to the F-16 comment, which he didn't even deliver well, like he normally does, but made that kind of half-assed reference to it. But again, the substance here is you've got a, a vegetable brain so-called president whose default point when he's confused, which is every day, is to confront everyday Americans, threaten them with military force. It's just the best. Isn't 2024 already off to <laughs> such a great start? It's so fun. That, that, that's, that's something a tyrant says. They always talk about Trump being a dictator, but that's what a t the dictator says. 
We've yeah. got the bigger weapons, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. And I, I love how he was like thinking in his head, I'm going to nail this line and I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to mock, you know, people who are on the right, who believe in the country and, you know, and, and quote the founding fathers by, you know, going strong with the blood of trees. Oh, wait, no. Uh, <laughs> hang on. But the one thing that, you know, I, I need a little bit of clarification from if he's talking about, you know, if if you're going to take on the government. You know, the AR is not going to do it. You're going to need an F-16. All right, well, what is it? Are these weapons of war or are they not? Right. <laughs> he doesn't know. Of course, he has no answer for that. He just likes to sound tough, which is hilarious. I just, you can't, look, this is the, the problem with so much of our society. Everyone tries to sound and act tough these days. And 99.9% .9 of the time, the people trying to sound and act tough are not tough at all, have not been through anything. But in this case, you've got someone who literally doesn't remember where he is half the time, is never actually on the job, which is you could say is good or bad, depending on how you look at it. And then he and then he comes out and threats, but it makes the threats that he does all the time, whether it's on this or any other issue for that matter. But the the the, the thing that's just so ridiculous is 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 how aggressive he is toward like you're saying, towards every like these guys hate us we were talking about how it took 11 days for him to say something about the, the the two navy seals who perished uh you know who who rest in peace brothers you know prayers for your thoughts and family that whole thing is just awful but it took that long for him to say something like that or say anything for that matter and then you've got just everyday joe who's constantly threatening us and labeling us and this is a guy who doesn't even know who he like he it's just it's remarkable to see everyone's an enemy and an enemy of the state and he can't describe anything that's going on like you're, it's it's ridiculous how by the way speaking of people i know we talk about fetterman a lot but i was thinking about it again this weekend how remarkable that john fetterman a democrat stroke patient has a more level head and approach to things these days than any of the people on our side of the aisle Stunning. Yeah, and I, I think it's October 7th is a thing that changed for John Fetterman to do a complete 180, you know, coming in as a socialist dude in hoodies. And then that happened. And all of a sudden you could see the, the whatever, you know, the part of his brain that's working, the switch went off. Right. And he's beginning to see what exactly this whole, you know, this leftist movement that he signed on to is actually all about. And I think he thinks to himself, what did I do? These people, when it gets right, when it gets right down to it, I have nothing in common with them and the goals that they have and the methods they, they are going about to achieve this. Yeah. No, none, none. I, I just never thought we would live in a society where it's okay for the president of the United States to threaten civilians with F-16s. Yeah. <laughs> like, where, where is that okay? Well, well, likewise, as Tom was referencing earlier, likewise calling his opponent, who never has threatened Americans, an authoritarian and a dictator. Ah, are you seeing what's happening here? It's all projection. That's what the left, the left, their default is always violence. Look, whenever anything happens in the U.S., there's always a riot and there's always burning down of buildings, innocent people getting hurt, businesses destroyed. And then, you know, people are like, well, look at this insurrection that happened on January 6th. 
again, it's not an insurrection, and you're foolish to call it an insurrection. It basically what it was, it was a, a trap. It was an ambush that was set by the intel community and other nefarious actors within permanent Washington. So there's no comparison there. Were there people who did stupid shit? Yes. But is it is it any way comparable to what happened during the St. Floyd riots of 2020? No. None whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, not even close. Not even close. Well, it's all the more reason why we've got to try and work to get this thing back on track, this country back on track, to get a party that represents us. We don't have one of those right now. People still identify as Republicans. Like, what's the Republican Party? Like, what, what do you mean you're a Republican? Because there is no Republican Party. But this election's paramount. It's going to be key. We're going to talk a lot about it in different ways today. We talked about it some in Coin Club before the show. By the way, you can sign up for Coin Club by going to drewberkwist.locals.com. Use promo code DREW30. That gets you a free month over there. We'd love for you to come hang out with us with the uh, official pre-show tailgate. But we talked about how this election alone, and it, whoever wins it, hopefully it's Trump, but whoever wins this election alone on our side, were we to, to, to get through, isn't going to fix everything. There's so much more work to, to be done than any one person or any one four-year term can do. But we got to start, right? You, 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 if you don't start, you can't get where you're going. So we got we to gotta start trying to make some of those efforts. And one thing that's important is going to be who's running with Trump. And there's been all this discussion about Nikki Haley potentially being the VP, which we've all poo-pooed, none of us like, obviously, and for good reason. And Trump pretty much dispelled that whole rumor and discussion point this weekend, the thought of her uh, potentially being the VP. Here, here was that take. She is not presidential timber. Now, when I say that, that probably means that she's not going to be chosen as the vice president. You, you know, you can go... No, you can go, you can go, and you can say certain things, you know, I don't like them, and blah, 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 and this. But when you say certain things, it sort of takes them out of play, right? Yeah. I can't say, she's not of the timber to be a vice, and then say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to announce that I've picked. <laughs> Do you understand? But that's the way it is, okay? <laughs> Tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. All right, so that's good, right? Because that would have been disastrous. And now we can get back to focusing on his campaign, finding ways to add people to his voter base, finding the right VP candidate, all that. I wish he would have been a little bit more direct because he said probably not going to be the case. I think it was pretty clear. But in Trump fashion, I wish it had been like, oh, hell no. You know, I, I wish it would have been like this chick, whatever name he inserts there, is would never would, would never be there and, and take that out of the, the picture completely. But still positive. And I, I like that he said that. Yeah, I like that, too. I, I don't think that Nikki Haley is somebody that we should ever trust no. having any sort of elected position because she's she's part of the donor class. Uh, look, look, look at just look at where she came from and look at where she is now. To me, a lot of what pushes her for power is money and wanting to gain more and more money. And she she will do whatever the donor class wants her to do. To me, that's the most frightening thing about her is the fact that she can get bought. Yeah. No, I agree. It absolutely is. Uh, she just doesn't stand for anything except for herself and, and her personal bank account. But it's good that she's not going to be the VP pick, allegedly, now at this point. And uh, one thing that's going to help kind of get things back on track 
on our side or should is you have DeSantis who bowed out over the weekend. It's a little bit of a long statement, but I think it's a really good one. Here was Ron DeSantis informing America and Americans yesterday that he'd be bowing out and endorsing Trump. Greetings from Florida. The warmth of being home is a reminder why I've chosen public service. From joining the United States Navy and serving in Iraq, to representing the people in the U.S. Congress, and now serving as governor of Florida. And it reminds me why I decided to run for president, to fight for those who have been forgotten in this country. This is America's time for choosing. We can choose to allow a border invasion, or we can choose to stop it. We can choose reckless borrowing and spending, or we can choose to limit government and lower inflation. We can choose political indoctrination, or we can choose classical education. These choices are symptoms of the underlying struggle to ensure that constitutional government can endure and that Western civilization can survive. And we launched this campaign to bring accountability to government, regain sovereignty at our border, and restore sanity to our society. We cannot succeed as a country if we allow our nation to be invaded, our currency to be debased, our cities to crumble, and our kids to be indoctrinated. The DC elites who facilitated this mess do not care about you, and they do not work for you. They work for themselves. They seek to accumulate power at your expense to pursue an agenda that is harmful to the American people. Citizens do not serve politicians. It is the duty of politicians to serve you. Talk is cheap. Actions speak louder than words. Reversing the decline of this nation requires leadership that delivers big results for the people we are elected to serve. I have a record of leading with conviction, championing an agenda marked by bold colors, delivering on my promises, and defeating the people who are responsible for our nation's decline. That is the type of leadership we need for all of America. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder, and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackage formed of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all, that we had people volunteer to come to Iowa in the middle of a blizzard to knock on doors and make phone calls touched us dearly. No candidate had more thrown at him, but no candidate had so many committed volunteers and staff. Finally, I wanna thank my wife, Casey, and our kids, Madison, Mason, and Mamie. 
Casey's gone far above and beyond in her support for our campaign and for our cause. She's not only a great wife and mother, she's a great American who cares deeply about the future of the country that our kids will inherit. Our kids have seen and done a lot on the trail, from playing on the famed Field of Dreams baseball site in Iowa to making their first snowman in New Hampshire. They are one of the reasons we fight so hard for what we believe in. Winston Churchill once remarked that success is not final, failure is not fatal, it is the courage to continue that counts. While this campaign has ended, the mission continues. Down here in Florida, we will continue to show the country how to lead. Thank you and God bless. All right, so I thought, I thought that was a classy speech. He, he bowed out. He endorsed Trump, slammed Haley, hit on a couple points related to his campaign, sure, all of that. But I thought it was done well. I really do. And with DeSantis out of the race, we can now see the lines really drawn. We've, we've told you what they were before, as, as recent as last week. But we can see the lines drawn in how they are in the Republican Party. It's the neocons and the uniparty. They're one and the same. And then you've got Americans, America first folks, and the MAGA crowd. And those are essentially where the lines are, right? We've already seen this division on the Democrat Party within their ranks with the progressives and their the collective uniparty, which we just referenced, and then Americans and the Mansion and RFK types, people who don't want these ridiculous <clears throat> so-called representatives and politicians uh, carrying the torch forward. You've got Nikki, who's a gruesome creature who represents the worst qualities of humanity. Her personal gains, like Tom was talking about earlier, they supersede any positions that would help the country. She's just a malleable piece of clay that can be twisted and molded into a uniparty puppet. She already has been. But getting back to DeSantis, this is the right move. This was the right move at this point. It is time to rally behind Trump and ensure that we do what we can to beat the other side. Again, we can't fix everything in, in the next term if we win. But we can start. That said, we need to get Trump going with the independents, going after the soccer moms, going after this. There's, there's some huge swaths of votes out there that still will not vote for him. And we need to, we need to figure that out because that presents a, a pretty significant problem. But the bottom line is, is it makes sense. The timing is right. And you would think that, that people would be happy. People would be happy. They should be happy about this. Okay, now we... Now we know for sure. Again, Trump was going to win this thing the whole time. He always was going to. But now he is the one candidate that everyone should be getting behind. But somehow that wasn't the case. I, I just, I got to say this, and I alluded to it on Coin Club. Not all, but a good chunk of Trump supporters got what they wanted with him dropping out and somehow still made it this bitch fest yesterday on social media. And it was so absurd to me. People out there, he's done forever. He's awful talking about DeSantis. And he might be. He might, he might have blown his wad here and, and has, has killed his political career. I'm not saying that that's not true. Talking about, oh, he's a horrible guy. Oh, we've got the goods on you. We're coming after you. Why did he waste all of his time and money? Well, first of all, it's politics. That's how the game plays. If you're going to run for office, you've got to have money. It's spent on campaigns. That's how you do it. But uh, more was spent on him because he was the top choice for a lot of conservatives. They wanted, at least the conservatives who wanted him now and not in 2028. I think the conventional wisdom says made more sense for him to run in 2028 and let this be Trump's term. But however you look at that, 
it was his right to run if he wanted to and people to support him if he wanted to. Once Trump was indicted, it was clear. I think he was going to win no matter what, but certainly once he was indicted, he was never going to lose the primary. And I think it was good that we had another backup candidate in there if Trump was not allowed to run, which could screw us still in the, in the long run, potentially. But I just, I don't, I don't get why people can't at least be better at faking it in situations like this. Take the high road, say, great, now let's unite and go win this thing, which a lot of people did. But so many didn't. They went right to, to negative shit. They went right into, let's go win this. Now we're united. But, and then they threw in a zinger or two at the end of that statement. I just don't get, man, why be a dick? Why be a dick? Because it, it, what it shows to me is that we've got a huge problem. We talk about it all the time. We've got a huge problem on our own side in, the, in conservative America. And it's not just with the rhinos. I don't even count them as conservative America. I'm talking about red-blooded, patriotic Americans who love this country. We've got a government who hates us. We don't have a party that represents us. And n none of these candidates, Trump included, are going to fix all of our problems. So what does that leave us in the end? It leaves us, us, like us, the people, we conservative Americans. And somehow we hate each other, just like the country hates each other. I, I just, I, I, I don't know if you saw that, Tom, but it bugged the shit out of me. And I, and I go back to what I say all the time. A lot of the people who were, who were bitching about this yesterday, who should have been happy and should see a good path forward now, loved this guy before DeSantis. Yeah. So I just, I, I don't get it. Like, why can't you just be a reasonable, rational human? Well, it's clear that you don't, they don't know how to win. And that's what, that's what's so polarizing. And that's what makes them so abrasive. I understand if you like somebody and support them 100%, yeah. but there are other people out there that sh that have more in common with you that don't have in common with you. And what you're doing is you're being so abrasive, you're getting those people who would normally be on your side not to be on your side because you're a dick. And you got a ribbon when you were a kid, like everybody else. And you don't know how to win with grace. You don't know how to, when, when you defeat somebody, say, hey, you know, I know we both got bloodied in this fight, but you know what? Um, I, 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 I was emerged as the winner. No hard feelings. Let's come together. Let's move on. I mean, look what Trump did with uh, with Ted Cruz and talking about his wife. If those two can mend fences, this the 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 people on our side who and I don't even really have a side, but you know, my side is anybody who doesn't want to be a communist. That's my side. Yeah. If you're a Democrat and you don't want to be a communist, communist, we could be friends because at least we have a baseline where we could start discussing things. But if you're on the side uh, on the right and it's like, you know, to hell with DeSantis, he's a loser, F him, this and that. You know what? It, it, to me, you're just as bad as these hardcore leftists because I really don't have anything in common with you because what you've told me is that you're not a real true winner because you don't know how to win. Yeah. Well, and you're not a rational thinker either. I, I just, again, I love, I love Trump. I'm glad that he's going to be the guy. He was always going to be the guy. And... I think that's great. I hope that we can keep him on the ballot and fight through all the other BS shenanigans that are out there. 
But I, I, I'm with you. I mean, and I've always said this. There, there is a portion on our side that I hate more than the left because they're, they're easily manipulated. They're untrustworthy in my view. They're, they're very naive and, and just get stuck on this one path and nothing else can happen. And I, 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 I just, I, those people to me are just as big, if not bigger enemies to this country than, than some of the folks on, on the Democrat side. And some people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're saying that. I can't believe you're saying that to me. Well, you, I, I probably am not saying that to you. Hopefully you're not in that camp. But most of us in this country grew up loving this country. Most of us, not all of us, grew up with a Christian background, patriotic views and all of that. And we also were raised to do the right thing and treat people well. I, I'm not talking about don't pick on Nikki Haley or Chris Christie. They're, they're part of the enemy class. They're part of the uniparty. They hate you. By all means, go after them. But as you were saying, it's, it's the ones that are like, okay, I agree with 85% of what you say, or I agree with 95% of what you say, but because your name's not Trump, I think you're the devil and I'm going to treat you accordingly. That's just dumb. Like be on the side of America. I'm on the freaking side of America. I don't link myself to any of these crews. I like Trump. I don't like all of his supporters. I like America. I, you know, it, it, it just, I mean, even which obviously they're going to do. And there's also a difference also, also, also I'm saying also a bunch, but there's also a difference between Trump saying something or DeSantis saying something or a campaign going at each other as politics. That's, that's, that's politics campaign season there's a difference in everyday americans doing it doing it different and and that that's that's my problem anytime i ever say this people are like i can't believe you're not supporting trump i do support trump <laughs> i don't support you <laughs> yeah golly <laughs> i'm just so i'm just so sick of it because i see opportunities there and i know how much work we have to do as a country and i know to do it we've got to do it together our side and i i just see our side as so freaking broken and it's just it's really depressing nothing demoralizes me more we were talking about we're at the demoralization demoralization stage of this marxist revolution that's happening in our country the, the thing that demoralizes me the most is how broken our side is and how much just negativity is there when when there doesn't need to be there doesn't need to be and and that that is that's ridiculous Trump put out a letter, though. This is from the campaign. We got a video of him, too. But Trump's team put out a letter. I'll put that up and read it. Um, maybe zoom in. Actually, I got it. With only a few days left until President Donald J. Trump's victory in New Hampshire, we're honored by the endorsement from Governor Ron DeSantis and so many other presidential candidates. It's now time for all Republicans to rally behind President Trump to defeat crooked Joe Biden and his disastrous presidency. Nikki Haley is the candidate of the globalists and Democrats and will, who will do everything to stop the America First movement from higher taxes to decimating Social Security and Medicare and to, op and to open borders. She represents the views of Democrats more than the views of Republicans. It's time to choose wisely. Amen. Absolutely. Good statement. Respectful. Makes sense. Then Trump came out and he actually thanked DeSantis well in New Hampshire. Here was that clip. <laughs> Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a 
Really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a, a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m., and in so doing, he was very gracious, and he endorsed me, so I appreciate it. I appreciate that, and I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. We have to get him out. He's put our country at great peril, at great peril. So I just want to thank Ron and uh, congratulate him on doing a very good job. It's a tough situation. It's a tough thing to do. I'm thrilled to be here in the home of the first in the nation primary. Do you know why you're first in the nation? Because of me. I kept you there, unlike Biden. All right. So well, well, well said by him. Classic. Both, both of them. Both of them handled it well. Did it get a little tense between their campaigns at one point or another during the, the primary season? Yes, of course it did. It's politics. But I, I think that um, I think that they both handled that very well. Again, it wasn't them that didn't handle it well. It was it was some of our our voters on our side that that didn't. Hopefully, we can figure it out. Hopefully, we can get better. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to predict anymore at this point in time in 2024. But we know that Trump's the guy. He we knew he was going to be the guy. He is the guy now. Uh, you've you've got a big night tomorrow in New Hampshire for the second primary of the season. And going into that, you've got Nikki Haley, who the, the establishment wants, the globalists, of course, want, who's 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 going in uh, to this, hoping that it could be a good night. And she says that Haley, uh, excuse me, Haley says that Biden and Trump are both equally bad. Take a listen here. You just did it again, and we've heard you over and over uh, in recent weeks on the campaign trail lumping Donald Trump and Joe Biden together. Do you believe that they are equally bad for America? If it's not even what I believe. It's what Americans believe. Well, what do you believe? Because you're the one who's saying that. I worry about the fact that they are so focused on investigations and things that they don't like and focus on the past. When do you ever hear either one of them talk about the solutions of the future? I'm doing this because I don't want my kids to live like this. We have got to start looking forward. You've got a country in disarray. You've got a world on fire, and you're going to focus on people who hurt your feelings. You're going to focus on investigations that are involved with your families. You're going to focus on vengeance. With me, it's no drama. It's no vendettas. It's just hard work. And it's making sure we're not thinking four and eight years. We're thinking 20 and 30 years out. That's what it should be. And we've lost that. We lost that a long time ago. But we can get it back. And I'm going to prove every day to every American that they made the right decision when I get elected. So you don't want to go there on whether or not they're equally bad? I mean, if they were, if either one of them was good, I wouldn't be running. Yes, they are equally bad. That's why I'm running. It's because I don't think we need to have Biden or Trump. I don't think we need to have two 80-year-olds sitting in the White House when we basically got to make sure that we can handle the war situation that, that we're in. We need to know they're at the top of their game. We need to know that they can take care of our national security and our economy. Right now, I don't know that people feel like that with either one. So that's why we're giving them a choice. All right. So both Trump and Biden are bad, says the warmonger. That's that's the, the takeaway there. But I mean, this... <laughs> She's talking about war there. Nick, Nikki loves American military intervention and would love to be in charge of that and send more people overseas because then her hubby gets deployed. 
and she gets more bean fiddling than a Tibetan short order cook. This is what she wants to 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 happen. That's who she is. A hundred percent. And she even said it herself. She goes, "The wars that we have now. Oh, yeah. so we're at war, right? <laughs> when did Congress vote on this?" <laughs> Yep. You know, she gave up the ghost right there. So everybody in the military industrial complex looking at is like, that's our girl. She knows that we're on a war footing right now. She's not going to be deterred if she gets into office with more spending for us and money, 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 more dead bodies, pile them up. You know what? Let's get some Americans there so we can get some flag draped coffins coming back because that'll fire up the base and get everybody pissed and get them on our side and, you know, and get the soldiers pissed because their buddy died and they want vengeance. It's just this, this disgusting, gruesome circle that she's a part of, and I just hate it because you know for a fact, other than her husband, who I, at this point— you know, I, I feel sorry for her just because of, of, you know, all these reports that are going on about, you know, her infidelity and what he must be going through. They're they're in a tough spot, you know, and it, nobody wants this. Nobody wants somebody like her who's just an extension of Joe Biden. Yeah. Nope. And does, does anyone think that Nikki Haley's at the top of her game right now? That's what she's saying. <clears throat> I mean, the establishment crew does. I mean, the old school folks who and, and, and people who still, you know, uh, think that some of our past GOP presidents were great and the best ever, they do. They probably do. They probably think she's great. Oh, she was a governor and an ambassador. How could you not be good doing that? That's cute. I, they, they think all of that, and they look past who's, who's propping her up, who's always propped her up, but certainly who's propping her up now. It's it's ridiculous. You know, one such name is Reed Hoffman. Look that one up. But you've got the primary tomorrow and this is going to be big. It's going to be big because a a curb stomping from Trump could spell and should but not could should spell disaster from Haley's campaign. And hopefully this this puts a button on on this whole thing here. If, if not, hopefully, you know, we can have things go well in South Carolina. But tomorrow is 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 right in front of us. New Hampshire primary. You had before DeSantis dropped out uh, the Suffolk University Boston Globe poll that had which polled 500 likely New Hampshire voters had Trump leading the pack with an impressive 52 percent of the vote. Again, that was before DeSantis dropped out. Haley trailed behind in that particular poll at 36 percent. Then you had the American uh, Research Group Incorporated poll that had Trump and Haley neck and neck at 40 percent each. I don't buy that. Uh, perhaps weeks and weeks and weeks ago possibly but i certainly don't now and then certainly with the desantis news popping up over the weekend i i see this being a pretty convincing win we did a question of the day i don't know if it was i think it was wednesday on plus or minus 10 points more or less that the trump wins new hampshire i uh, most of us all were above 10 i i definitely am above 10 now i feel like i feel like this should be a pretty convincing victory for him tomorrow night yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think well, it it just depends on which way the DeSantis voters break. I think, um, it, like we had talked about with, with with the polarizing people that are MAGA and MAGA to the end, who just it, it, this weird bloodlust that they have for scalps, even on our side, is right. so unappealing. 
It's like, bro, what are you doing? Or broette, what are you doing? We're supposedly on the same team, but you want to get scalps. You want to call people out. You want, you do whatever you want to do on social media. It, it, you're not doing anything to help the cause. Do you think that getting people to your side requires brute force and shaming people? You sound just like people on the left. You sound like every other tyrant and dictator on the earth. Oh, we need people on our side. Let's do it through threats and intimidation. That's not a, a winning way to win hearts and minds. But I do think, I agree with you, I think that uh, Trump is going to come out victorious in this, and I think it'll be more than 10%. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I hope so. I hope it's I hope it's dominating uh, like Iowa was. So the other side has to, the, the flip side of that, as we've talked about before, is if it's just a crushing defeat and the uniparty says, okay, Nikki, you're out. Sorry, you got your ass whooped. No one cares about you, which they don't. The only concern then is the big Mike scenario, which which is the card, you know, the lever they could pull in that case, which would be concerning. But I, I think tomorrow night's a pretty dominating defeat for sure. Um, we will see. We'll be talking about it. It'll happen. The the final results will likely come after we're off the air tomorrow night. But we'll we'll talk about it leading into all of the voting, and then obviously do a recap on Wednesday. Let's get to um, question of the day for now. This is one that uh, that Tom oh. sent in. <laughs> I didn't know this and was a gonna, Tom question of the sound day. Like a Tom question right off the bat. And I'm asking you this, not that we're endorsing him, by the way, we're not, obviously. But what's your favorite Hitler movie? <laughs> so it one where like he's in it or is it just, you know, about him, about him? OK, oh, OK, that's a big distinction. Gotcha. Yeah. So more like a like a documentary or film specifically about him documentary on man in the high tower that sort of thing but the, the thing is whenever you ask somebody what your favorite hitler movie is people are just like they're shocked they recoil in horror it, it, but it's a very you know, hmm. it's a very basic question because there are lots of movies made about him and like you said this is no endorsement the reason why i asked this question because it the initial shock when you ask somebody that and the look on their face is worth it <laughs> I, I, I don't like him i never liked hitler because nobody knows how to answer yeah him. yeah we, we know you don't well you know we hope you don't <clears throat> all right well you you asked the question you get to go first what's your favorite I'm gonna go with uh you nasty spy the three stooges Okay, so that one's not about him per se. That's not like a so it can be just he's in it. He's the key villain in it. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Okay, what? What? Why are you going with that one? Uh, I I I think it, it, when it comes to tyrants and dictators and that sort of thing around the world, I think comedy comedy has always played a huge role in my life, and it's a way to diffuse situations. And comedy also helps make somebody, you know, the statue of Hitler or Kim Jong-un, it, it, it mocks them. And I think mockery, it, one thing tyrants hate is mockery, and their sycophants hate it too. And the more that you mock somebody that's a tyrant, the less of a tyrant they become because you just slowly chip away and break them down. Okay, good answer. I like it. What are you going with? I'm gonna go with Valkyrie. Okay, the Tom Cruise Tom one. Cruise maybe. I, I, it's it's just a unique way of showing like how he was trying to run things, but then even people within his regime were like, "Wait a second, we need to 
do something different here. You know, even though they like they agreed with it at one point, <laughs> they they followed them whether they were scared and that's why they followed them or whatever. But then their eyes were open up, and uh, I just you know, I, I, it's it's even hard to think like, oh man, what other movies could you, you know, bunker? I think I saw that one once. That one's all in German, if I remember correctly. Tom, is that is that true? Right? I, I think it is. But um, but even like Monuments Men was a great one. He you never saw Hitler in it, but he's the bad guy. But I'd right. say I'd say Valkyrie. Uh, Ginger, we're like minded here. I'm going in Glorious Bastards. Oh, that's yeah, a good that's one too. That's a good one too. Yeah, great you movie. You love the bear Jew, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Just beating Nazis with a baseball bat. <laughs> it was great. It was great. It was a great movie. And um, God, I can't. I'm blanking on the dude's name. Who's the bad guy? Christopher. Oh, um, Waltz, uh, Christoph Waltz, Christoph Waltz. Yes. He's such a good, actor. he's such a Love great him. actor. If he's in it, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm like, I'm in. Well, I, you know what the rumor is in Hollywood? He's got the biggest dong of any Hollywood actor. Oh, see, I heard that it was Willem Dafoe. No, Christoph Waltz. Okay. Good to know. Okay. Yeah. Not that I like, I'm like searching that. Show, and we're going to <laughs> confirm this for America because that's, real quick do yourself a favor at some point in wikipedia some of the stooge shorts if you could get the name of it i wikipedia uh you 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 nasty spy listen to this this was the plot for the film okay (laughs) here here it goes in the fictional country of Moronica, three munitions manufacturers messrs ixne one in Amscray are upset over the lack of profits due to their due to the country's king, Herman the Sixth and Seven Eighths. The role is an allusion to the general to German Kaiser Wilhelm II in exile. Pursuing a policy of peace instead of war, they decide to oust the king and imp- implement a dictatorship and, and go about finding someone stupid enough to be the figurehead leader for Ixnay and the rest of them. So they get the three wallpaper hangers who are hanging wallpaper, which are the three stooges, of course. And they they get, you know, Moe to become the leader who looks like Adolf Hitler. They get Curly as Field Marshal Gallstone, who's a Hermann uh, Goering guy. And they also, and also a little bit of Benito Mussolini in there. And then Larry is the Minister of Propaganda, whose name is Pebble, and he represents Joseph Goebbels. <laughs> So imagine being at that pitch meeting and say, hey, I got an idea. What if? (laughs) Hear me out. Uh, So Ginger Wynn and Glorious Bastards. Driver Wynn, Jojo Rabbit. I haven't seen that. Uh, That's another good one, too. The producers. Andy went producers. Oh, another classic. Springtime for Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Interesting. All right. Good answers. Keep coming. Keep coming with the answers. Keep sending them in. Keep chatting, engaging there. Make sure you've hit that like button on today's episode, folks. That all helps us go uh, kind of push back against some of the different algorithms that are out there. So please do that. Make sure you're subscribed or following whatever page you are watching it on. And let's continue because guess who was back out this weekend? The Patriot Front, this time in Manhattan. Here was the scene.
probably some fun for some of those officers to get TDY to Manhattan. Maybe their first time there, seeing the big city. <laughs> but I mean, come on. How, how are we still doing this? How is this still a thing? This is not some grassroots white nationalist group. These are feds. Maybe not FBI agents. Maybe not all of them. Like people suggest, maybe it's a mixture, whatever. But they're definitely some leftist organized group with federal government involvement, probably big Democrat donor involvement, that's trying to push this narrative out there. I literally, so I was just curious. I was, I was screwing around with some AI stuff this weekend. And I asked, I asked AI about, to, to write a little something up about, about the Patriots. This is going to be interesting. And it, and it broke down some reasons why, why it thought it was garbage too. And it talked about uniform appearance. The group's members all wear the same clothing. We've discussed a lot of this already, by the way. But according to this, what, what was fed back to me, the group's members all wear the same clo uh, clothing and masks, which is unusual for a grassroots organization. This level of coordina coordination suggests that the group may be orchestrated by a central authority. Lack of transparency. The Patriot Front has no clear leadership, structure, or public spokesperson, making it difficult to determine who's responsible for their actions and decisions suspicious funding the group's funding sources are unclear and there are no records of donations or financial support from the public this raises questions about how the group is able to sustain its activities government involvement they have been numerous there have been numerous reports of the patriot front's members being identified as active or former members of law enforcement and military organizations this connection suggests that the group may be a front for government sponsored activities goes on to talk about implications for american citizens Pensional involvement of the government in the activities of the Patriot Front is a cause for concern for several reasons. Erosion of trust. If the government is indeed involved in the group's activities, it would represent a significant breach of trust between the government and the American people. That's already been done. Misuse of resources. The use of taxpayers' funds to support a fake organization would be inappropriate use of public resources and could undermine the credibility of government initiatives. Manipulation of public opinion. The Patriot Front's activities could be part of a larger effort to manipulate public opinion or create a false narrative about the state of race relations in the United States. I'm coming around on artificial intelligence. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> funny how a, a computer can see the light. Yeah. All right, a couple of things. Number one, there are no dad bods in, in that entire group of people. So you know that it, it's... It, this loosely, you know, organized group has some sort of PT requirements. So that goes back to the Fed narrative, everything. But putting on my producer hat for a second, why would I do this? I would do this because I need that image so I could put in political commercials. That's exactly what I need. No more, no less. Because right. if I were to say, you know what, I need to stay, this is the best way to stage it because you pull a per permit, which is public record once you pull a permit because you saw the off-duty police officers there because and they have to be there for any kind of any kind of a march like that. So you have no counter protest. So that's another red flag that there's no leftist counter protest to them because every time that you hear of the Klan or some other you know stupid organization having a rally, you always have counter protests there. Right. So no counter protest is a big one. But two, back to being a producer. I need that image, and I need the image of those guys walking down the street in a major city in the United States, and in this case, New York. Hey, man, I've got that image. I can play that over and over again in every ad that I come up with. So basically what this is is getting people to dress up, to go out, to get the footage that you need to be able to put in a political ad.
instead of saying, hey, you know, the DNC going, you know what we're going to do? We're going to block off, you know, part of New York City. We're going to have a shoot down there. We're going to have these people dressed up in costumes and, and go march because we need this to put in there. This way they can say, oh, look at this group. They're evil. Yeah. Your producer hat seems yeah. like it's got a lot of logic in it. What else do you have in your hat? <laughs> Rabbits. You know, George, I got a rabbit. <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's just ridiculous. I, and, and, and no one, what, what's remarkable is they've got to see that the vast majority of the people don't buy it. You know, normally Democrats push something, and then if it doesn't work, they, they take it down, rebrand it, try and push it out a different way. They've seen that no one's buying this and, and has been calling them out all along the way, and for some reason they haven't, which is interesting to me. But it's, it is what it is. Let's move on to this. Uh, well, and one other thing. If, yeah. if this was a legit group, the media would be going overboard trying to identify these people. People on social media would yeah. be going overboard to try and dox all of them, and they're not. Look at all the people that they've doxed. They've doxed people who have gone to school board meetings, who are talking about you know the fact that they don't want books about anal sex and dildos in the library, and now you have a threat to the nation who's trying to flex their power about, you know, this tyrannical, uh, you know, dictatorship that we're going to go through is literally marching through the streets and we can see him and nobody cares. Nobody yeah. wants to know anything about them. It's just it, it, it's the lack of any kind of um, uh, curiosity on the media or anyone in social media should lead all of us to believe that this is a lie. Yeah. Yeah, you would think. You would think, but we got a lot of dumb people out there. So who knows? People saying how how are, you know, similar sentiment in the in the chat. But let's move on to this. Let's move on to one of the the main discussions I wanted to touch on tonight some because you've gotten disco for this just put this in like the side player as we talk about it cuz there's no audio for it. We can just kind of have it playing as we talk and people Roger. can watch as as they wish. But You've you've got, and I, I've lost my other thing that I had here. But you've got this this footage, right? That was released by by Thomas Massey, January sixth footage of the pipe bomb outside of DNC headquarters, and it's it it tells a very interesting story, right? It just does. I'm pulling this one thing down here, so I've got it. But you've got you've you've got someone who who reports. And it's just playing and you'll see, and you can see off to the right side of the screen, the Metro PD police car, and then also a secret service vehicle. And there's, there's officers related to both of those vehicles there who never seem too concerned even after the pipe bomb is found. You've got the, the speech and, and the march and all that stuff happening elsewhere. You've got Carlin Young, who is the individual who discovered the RNC bomb goes over and tells the officers and they don't really seem too concerned. Keep in mind who's also in the building. Tom, who was, do you remember who was in the DNC building that day, even though it was Kamala covered up? Harris, you're going to tell me that there's an unidentified potential bomb outside the building where the vice president of the United States is and the secret service has a nonchalant attitude about it. Exactly. Give me a fucking, uh, sorry. <laughs> Give you're me a break. 
No, absolutely. So the sitting vice president is in is in that building. You've got a pipe bomb or what seems to be a pipe bomb to to the the layman who's walking by, Carlin Younger in this case, who reports it. No big deal. We're not going into a panic, shutting things down, getting our principal, the the VP in this case, out of there. Nope. Nope. Let's just chill out, hang out. How are your kids doing? You catch that game the other night? No big deal. It took 10. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, look at the reaction that the Secret Service had when they viewed an accident after Joe was getting ice cream or whatever. It wasn't like they, you know, shoved him into the the the, the car, not the beast, but whatever he was riding the SUV. But they uh, they ushered him in there and they took off. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that that was something that they on viewed and realized that you know they're getting the guy out of the car. The threat's pretty much over with, but still. They're getting the protectee out of the out of the area, right? Which any any person who saw even the remote thought of of a threat would do if you're in their shoes, but they don't. So 12:40, it's reported to the officers there. No one seems to give two shits about it. Forget the fact that the vice president is just inside. Even for their own safety, hey, there's a bomb like 12 feet over there. Cool. That's not how most people react. But then certainly when when your your protectees inside. 10 minutes later Capitol Police begin responding to the bomb. And you you've got at the same time just after that Ray Epps is breaching the west perimeter of the Capitol occurs. Darren Beatty put all this out on Twitter by the way. You can go follow him if you don't and see this. But 13 minutes later you have the decisive Ray Epps breach of the west perimeter of the Capitol. 1 p.m., the certification proceedings begin in Congress. 105, you have a plainclothes uh, Capitol police officer who discovers the DNC bomb. You've got 110, Trump's done speaking. Point being with all of this, you've got all of this footage there. You've got images at one point, I don't know if it's this one or one of the other videos that we might not have pulled in, where it zooms, actually it's, it's around this part, where it starts to zoom in, and you'll probably have trouble seeing it, but you'll see a cup that's sitting on the bench that somehow is not blowing away. And to the left of the cup in between those benches is the pipe bomb. It's just, it just came off frame, but it was there. And there's, <laughs> there's still images out there. So they're starting to look on their CCTV cameras. But again, there's no, first of all, there were other camera angles that showed who said it there, but they were turned off and disrupted. You can see there, you can see officers kind of moving around slowly. One's wearing a mask. That's disappointing, but not surprising. One's walking towards it. I mean, just no concern whatsoever. There's civilians that are just walking by. Civilians aren't being told (laughs) to go away. And we're all supposed to believe that this was this huge, huge thing, super catastrophic thing that occurred. And if it was real, obviously it would have been. If someone had bombed either the DNC or the RNC, I don't care what your political affiliation is. That's, that's, That's not America, right? But none of these people give two shits about it. With the vice president, I mean, there's so many questions. And what's so frustrating about all of this is you're still, at this point, not allowed to ask questions about the the seriousness and and this what. I'm sorry, you just. I'm going to back it up here a second. You see, this. I guess it's a cop come up. Looks like he's taking a picture of it with his phone there, and then says, "Hey guys, I got it." Like. Not get out of here. It's like, I got the image. We're yeah. good. Here's the bomb. I'm going to put this on social. 
No, no one, no one, it just, it doesn't strike anyone as, as an odd thing. You know what's even more odd, and I'm going to put on my producer hat again for this, okay. is the fact that this supposedly happened and neither Joe Biden or Kamala Harris has ever mentioned this. Right. You know, when, when Joe was talking and giving his speech about January 6th and how the day democracy almost died and all this other stuff and, you know, all the Capitol Police that were injured, he does not talk about how, you know, his vice president was all almost blown to smithereens right because somebody you know some you know maga person planted a bomb outside the office but it turned out to be fake and kamala harris is, is never been on you know going oh my god i was i almost died there was a bomb inside the build outside the building of you know where i was i was marked for death yeah nothing no, they've never said that and if i were a producer she lied about would, being there for a year yeah i would definitely play it up if I were a producer, I'd make sure that they'd hammer that home. But the reason why they don't is because then people start asking questions about it. And they just want this part to go away. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, it, it again, there may, there's not in this situation, folks. I was going to say, maybe there's a, a, a good justification for this. Maybe there's a reason for all this. There's not at all for this. Maybe there's some things that were done as we always say and is true when it comes to january 6th look there's conservatives that did dumb things that day but that doesn't take away from the fact that it was all a setup this this whole damn thing was was planned and we're not allowed to ask questions and then even even with all the copious i mean we're not going to beat this dead horse and go into it because we've talked about this damn thing for three freaking years now at this point but it's very clear that there was a bunch of nefarious activity going on from within DC, within the government, all of that stuff on that day for a very specific purpose to tear down Trump, to be able to call him an insurrectionist, to be able to label conservatives as extremists, to, to be able to try and take him off of the ballot, which they're still trying to do to this day, all of those things. But then you get more evidence that's like, well, how are you going to address this? And you're still not allowed to ask questions. You're still not allowed to talk about it. No, that's stupid. There's an explanation for that. Oh, really? What is it? I'd love to hear. Please, please do tell me the explanation as to why no one gives two shits about a bomb being found, whether it's real or not. Maybe you don't, I get it. You don't know yet. I've been around bombs a lot in my life too. You're not certain of how big it is, how real it is, but you know what you always do? You always treat it as if it's, it's like you always treat every gun as if it's loaded, right? You treat a bomb as if it's a bomb. Right. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah, part of the ruse, man. It's just so infuriating living these these days. Hey, are we going to talk about this? Can we just ask some questions? Again, the lack of curiosity on the media and also everybody else on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's even to the point of if this was a at a school and it was a fake call, like it, there was actually nothing there that they could physically find. Whoever made that call, phone call, would be getting like jail time. They'd be get, they'd be, and they'd evacuate the fucking yeah, building. Everyone would instantly. be gone. Yeah, because that's what you do when something might go boom. It doesn't have to go boom. It's the might where you say we should probably do something here. Instead, they're like, "Hey, you got a cigarette? Can I get a cig? Can I yeah. get a? Can I do this? Like, what are we getting for lunch today? Are we going? Are we going to Quiznos? I think they still have lots of Quiznos up there. Really, but like." Nothing. 
nothing. We're not allowed to talk about it. We're not allowed to ask questions. As Tom's saying, there's no curiosity from the left, from the media. It's just, this didn't happen. Forget that Kamala Harris, the vice president, lied. Forget that Joe Biden lied. Forget that the whole freaking permanent Washington, you know, uniparty apparatus lied. Just move on. Just move on. It show, if, if, if that doesn't show you how much they all hate you, along with everything else they say and do, I don't, I don't know what it's going to take. All right. <clears throat> let's, do, let's do something a little bit more lighthearted. This is not all sports, but let's do some sports. So real quick, much better games this weekend, just off the top playoff games i know some of you guys aren't into to football or your 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 boycott in the nfl whatever the case might be that's fine but for those of you who watched they were much better outside of the ravens game who had a pretty substantial win over the texans the other ones were all really close came down to the end i can tell you as a lions game baby (laughs) freaking jordan love scares me as a vikings fans by the way threw a bad pick to lose the game in that that packers niners game but, man, he finished the latter part of the year strong, so I'm a little concerned about him, concerned about the Lions, who are having a hell of a year. Happy for you folks in Detroit. I know you've you've needed this, but you're an uh, NFC North rival, so I also am not happy for you. But you had the Bucks versus Lions, which was really close, that, that game there. And the Chiefs-Bills game was really close. All good games. And, and in Orchard Park for the Bills-Chiefs games, Chief game Sunday night, it was it was another cold game, fun, good environment, you know, couple good teams playing to to go to the AFC Championship. And sure they showed a lot of Taylor Swift and it was annoying as all get out as usual. It just <laughs> drives me bonkers. But she didn't steal the show. You know who did? Mr. Pfizer's brother himself, Travis's brother Jason Kelsey. If you didn't see this already, this was freaking amazing. I love this right here. Good TV. Here's Jason Kelsey cheering on his brother. Lose him. Oh, there's his brother. Says right on. That's Jason. And he's out. a combination of Burt Kreischer and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. Yeah. No, I, 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 I like it. And here's the thing. I like that he and his wife have kind of been like poo-pooing like the whole Taylor Swift, Travis thing. Like not necessarily hardcore, but they've kind of been like, let's, we're over this. Let's get back to football. Let's get back to football. I don't know where he stands on a bunch of stuff. I'm sure him and Travis share a lot of political views and I'm sure he has got a similar views in the shots, this, that, and the other. But Travis drives me nuts. Taylor drives me nuts. That right there just was good entertainment. Like, like you're saying, I I saw it. And I immediately pictured pictured Burt Kreischer. I'm like this dude's having a blast. He's he's, he's making hammered. he's totally hammered, making memories for other people. How much of it he'll remember, I don't know. Well, we didn't pull the clip, but I was telling you before the show, uh, there was a there's a clip of him at at a tailgate out in front of the stadium 
and all, all these Bill fans around, they're like, come on. And then they're, he's like drinking with them and they're celebrating, just having a good time. And it's like, this guy loves football, loves his brother. And you know, like that was the celebration when his brother scored the touchdown. It's just awesome just to see that. Like, I'm, I'm just here for the game. Let's just, let's have fun. And the fact that the the Bills fans allowed him to come to like the massive tailgate, like where he's just doing, it was just it was awesome to see that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, hey, you know what? You're rooting for the team, but come on, let's have a drink. No, he had fun. And that tailgate is probably what launched him into serious <laughs> buzz mode to the point where he got in the box. He was like, ah, taking my shirt off. And <laughs> man, pretty funny, pretty funny stuff. Um, Jim Harbaugh, who is going to have his second interview. I, I'm not thrilled about it, but he's going to have a second interview with the Chargers this week. Had a second interview with the Falcons last week. Coin flipper better that he's leaving University of Michigan after winning the national championship going on to the NFL. But he was in, in the D.C. metro area, the DMV, over the weekend because his brother John was coaching the Ravens to a victory over the Texans. Of course, the, the Harbaugh family, very tight. They do a ton together. Love, love their family. Jim's a quirky guy, no doubt, but love love how they love each other and just like i do I, I even though i don't like travis i love how the brothers love each other my brothers and i are all best friends super close you know that's that's how you want it to be but you had jim harbaugh who before going to his game on the weekend showed up and made a surprise appearance at the march for life in washington dc which was awesome here was that welcome welcome coach harbaugh Thank you, Jeannie. Thank you all for being here. It's a great example that you're setting. It's testimony for the sanctity of life. It's a great day for a march. It's a great day. This is football weather. Let's go. What an incredible honor to get to introduce Ben Watson, talented individual on the field, talented, courageous, fearless leader off the field. He's making a difference in the lives of so many. It's my pleasure. So he introduces Benjamin Watson, former tight end, and and um, but then he goes on. He does the march, and he's there. He's taking pictures and videos with people. We're not going to show all that, but I, I bring it up not because not because I'm a Michigan guy and 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 like Michigan and like Jim Harbaugh and all of that. I bring it up because, man, I tell you what. Talk about courage and balls to do that because in this polarized, broken-ass world that we live in, most people in entertainment and sports just want to keep their head, you know, and 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 views and all of that stuff out of out of the the these big discussions, these contentious discussions on on abortion and and on gun law and you name it. Pick any of the the really hot hotly debated topics, but abortion is obviously always a big one, and. I think it's amazing when some of these athletes or in this case, coaches, one of the most high profile coaches in any sport in any, any league in the country steps up and says, this is where I stand on this. Here's where my faith is. Here's, here's what I believe about abortion. Here's why I'm at the March for life. And why I don't care what any of you people say about my views on it. I think that that says a lot to me. And I really appreciate he could be the coach for Ohio state who's obviously an enemy of Michigan. And I would still say that's great. That's, that's just, that's awesome. And I really am, am pleased to see people doing that. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that there's nothing wrong with free speech. And I think in this day and age that we live in, unfortunately, there are a lot of businesses out there who try and quash free speech. And, and then you have journalists going, oh, you know, it, it trying to drag down Jim Harbaugh, you know, with, with the University of Michigan and saying, you know, should you allow, you know, an employee of yours to be able to say something like this? It, it, we see that all over the place with, you know, athletes who have endorsements. We see it constantly. And it's refreshing to see somebody who's exercising their free speech. And if you, there's a clip out there with Dana White from the UFC, the president of the UFC, getting a question about some of the remarks that uh, Sean Strickland had made leading up to his fight over the weekend. And Dana's White, Dana White's response to it is priceless. And he dresses down the reporter because, you know, it, it's the fight game. People are going to talk smack to each other. And Dana's, Dana White's main point to it was this is free speech. Even though he fights in the UFC and has a contract, it's it, they're, they're free people to do and say whatever. Right. But in this era of cancellation and self-censorship, the left is always trying to take somebody who's a free individual and link him with the business in the hopes that it affects the business negatively. And we need more people like Jim Harbaugh and more people like Dana White to push back against these freaks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and kudos to, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I get it. There's, there's a huge business side to this. College football has more money than almost everyone out there. It's it's just astonishing how much money is in that. that. And not just college football, but the NFL too. And you've got people who still, despite that, they, they've known where he stands on this. He's done similar type events before, shows up this year. And there's people who aren't saying, ooh, maybe we shouldn't have him associated with our franchise or our college football program. It's the opposite because he's a winner and he does a great job pouring into kids and, and, and making young men and is a hell of a football coach to the point where you've got people throwing well over a hundred million. It's going to be 120, 130 million when it's all said and done his way to try and get him to be their guy. So it's great that they haven't bowed down too. and you look university of Michigan. I love university of Michigan, but it is a very leftist woke school. Like almost all schools are all, all these massive schools with tons of, you just that's just how they are right that's how academia is writ large but they don't care they, they want him on their sidelines and and the president his his santa ono has gone so far as to, to to be like look we're gonna do whatever the hell it takes to make that happen i don't know if it's gonna go that way in the end um but man i i think i just think it was great and i was thrilled to see it what i wasn't thrilled to see none of us were is this we'll just pop this tweet up here we can just go with this good <laughs> good buddy jesse kelly Jeez. tweeted about it trans golfer haley davidson haley's not really haley haley has a penis trans golfer haley davidson wins women's tournament increasing chances to make the lgb uh, lpga qualifier that's ladies professional golf association of course the women's side of the pga jesse says easy to win when you're long off the tee which is absolutely right. But you continue to see this stuff happening. And I mean, seriously, would people be outraged if I put on a hockey helmet and dominated all events at the Special Olympics? Probably, right? You're, I mean, you're damn right they would. And they would be justifiably so outraged over that. 
But you've got this happening. We've seen it in swimming. We've seen it in track and field. We've seen it in wrestling. We've seen it in boxing. We've seen it in so many things. Now golf. And people all deep down, outside of the 7% or less that make up the LGBTQ plus community, of which not even, you know, just a fraction of that 7% actually falls in this, this loony bin that, that makes up their gender on a daily basis. Most people know that this is wrong. But they're too afraid to say anything about it because they're so scared of, oh, well, the the woke mob's going to come after me. The left's going to come after me. My friends might come after me. What's social media going to think? Who cares? St stand up for what's right, what you know is right, what you know is true. It's not even in this case what's right. It is right and wrong, but it's just true. Haley was not born Haley. Haley has something hanging between his legs. Look at those calves. And and <laughs> and he's trying to feel good about himself because he's never felt good about himself. And that sucks. And no one wants people to be miserable and, and struggle with everything in life. Some of you have brought it on yourself. Some of you maybe haven't. But you're doing this because you've sucked at everything. You've never felt welcome. So you want to go and punish other people so you can feel good. And and that that's what this is. And it's so frustrating to see. And I hope, and I don't think they will, but I hope that the LPGA pushes back and it's like, no, sorry, you have a penis. So you can't play with these, these women who are outstanding golfers and have worked their asses off to get to this point where they can travel the world, travel the country and, and try to make some money playing the game that they love, which has now gotten more difficult for them to win because you've got dudes who are launching bombs off the tee box just because of their biological makeup. Now, now I'm just reading this here. Davidson did compete in the LPGA Q school three years ago, but failed to earn the card. So, like, wasn't a good golfer three years ago enough to make well, it. Well, I mean, if you're if yeah. you're going through Q school as a as a dude, yeah. you're at least good. Yeah, no, exactly. But, to, to get there, you have to be good, right? But it, it, but like, just listen. If you're bombing it off, it's easy to win it at that point. Hey, there's a reason why when you're not playing a tournament and you're at a normal course, they have the different tees. Because they know the women can't hit it as far as the men. Yes. And that's how they even the playing field when you're when you're playing. Yes. There's no even the playing oh, field here. So brave. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep going, boy. I, keep doing it. I just you know, like, you know, the whole you you know, the the you know, golf stands for gentlemen only, ladies forbidden, like the the original men who created golf. They're probably rolling in their grave right now with this happening, with a, a man coming in dressed up as a woman say, you know. Has he been taking uh, testosterone blockers for a few years so he's not as strong as th – there's no reports of that. Don't care. I don't care anyways. No, I don't care. Even if he was, I wouldn't want it. Yeah, you're you're not a woman. Yeah. Period. You weren't good the enough to LPGA make the – LPGA is for women's golf. If you want to transition yourself for whatever reason, so be it. But it's still not fair or appropriate for you to go and compete with and try and dominate women, you know. I wasn't good enough to do the PGA, so I'll do the LPGA. It's, if it's, there's it's, not a different if there's not a difference between males and females, why don't we see this trend going the other way? Yeah. yeah. There's obviously a difference. Exactly. I, there's a meme that we've got for this week. We've probably done something similar before, but it it just alludes to the point where when when you are confused and you go to transition, what are your options to transition into? <laughs> Male or female, right? Let's stop this nonsense. It's absolutely I'm so sick of talking about it. Never in a million years. I look, I didn't think that I would get to do the things that I did growing up. Um, I wanted to do cool kind of action-y stuff. 
I didn't think it would actually happen. I got fortunate. I got to do some amazing stuff with amazing people overseas. And and then I didn't think that this would happen. I didn't think this would happen. Never, ever in, in my wildest dreams that I think that our country would start hating each other and trying to become a Marxist country. And never, ever did I think that we would be debating and that I would be talking weekly, almost daily, about this transgender nonsense like that this this dominates discussion all the time and i just it's ridiculous that this is working. now the real question is did he play with 13 clubs in his bag instead of 14 since he had the 14th in his pants just saying no yeah i see what you did there i don't know i don't know i don't know uh vade ugly dude yeah it was they, they always are uh <laughs> i i just don't like to, it, 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 at the end of the day the person that's signing them in Probably just looked at the name. Oh, Hilly Davidson. Okay, yeah. And then looked up and went, oh, but not going to say anything. And like, Let's, we're going to let her play. You know, because if they would have saw that it was a man, like Stubble, a beard walked up, like, I'm here to play. They would have been like, excuse me, sir, you can't play here. Right. You're the caddy. Okay, where's Haley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. where's Haley? <laughs> but it's. I'm Haley, bro. The fact that they even <laughs> let him on the course to play just speaks as to where that is going and that they're okay with it. It shows that they're okay with it. Of course they are. You guys are getting this whole gender thing. I don't know if you guys remember this, if you're old enough to remember this, but I, I vividly remember a dude wanting to be a waitress at Hooters, and the the backlash that dude took was unbelievable, you know? <laughs> And now, and now, fast forward, you know, 25 years or so, it's become, well, I'm, I'm surprised that Hooters doesn't have a trans you know person on the wait staff i'm surprised too they do have some i mean i haven't been there in a while uh i'm not shaming i, I actually think hooters wings are amazing but uh, i think that um you can also do better but i've been there in a long while but i know for a fact that they've that they've definitely incorporated the the larger women into the rotation there just yeah. not just not males did I tell you guys about the restaurant that I wanted to order that I wanted to order that I wanted to start a long time ago and I had told my ex-wife about it and she thought I was completely insane. I wanted to open up a hot dog restaurant and I wanted to call it We're All Wieners and the wait staff would be all trans people and they would be the wiener girls. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that that you'd probably be able to get a lot of funding for that nowadays, you, Tom. You absolutely would. You could get an ed go go raise money for that, and then just divert it to to our our, our team. Um, I feel like that's probably as good of a time as any to end the show for tonight, uh, folks. We've had fun with you as always. Thanks so much for being here. It's uh it's always great spending time with you. Looking forward to spending time with you the rest of the week tomorrow. Obviously, a big day in in New Hampshire. Going to be a big day and an interesting week for sure in this country with so much going on. So we hope that you come back, spend some time with us. We'll be here six o'clock each night, Monday through Thursday this week. We'll have coin club over on locals sign up against drewberquist.locals.com. Check it out. You can use promo code drew 30 to get yourself a, a free month and hang out. We'll look forward to seeing you there as well. You can also just click the red join button right here on rumble beneath the player. And that'll take you over there. Just remember use promo code drew 30, no space, just D R E W three zero and that'll get you a month free. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Have a great night. Be safe. Be smart. Be free.